Welcome back to Limbach Unlocked. Our guest on this episode is a tried and true Limbachian, Katie Massey, the company's senior marketing specialist who handles all things related to the equation people plus presenting equals profitability, the three Ps. Our topic of interest today deals with all three of those components, emphasizing the power of presentations and how you can maximize your presentation skills, whether you're in front of customers or team members or branch leaders. I mean, this is a universal skill and Katie has it in spades. I'm your host, Katie Mystery from Learning and Engagement. Let's get started, shall we? Katie, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, I'm so glad that we're finally doing this. Um, just for our listeners, Katie and I could be referred to as Katie Squared when we're together, and we have been referred to that way. And it's just easier than having people say Katie Massey or Katie Mystery. And I would just like to point out that it is not our fault that our names are the same and our last names sound so similar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's, um, so Katie Squared, we're a dynamic duo. Uh, if you need one of us, just reach out to both of us and we're, and we're here to help guys, right? We are here to help. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, so we are talking about resuscitating presentations today because we've all heard the phrase death by PowerPoint. And, um, some people are feel fearful of presenting in general. Actually, I think I heard that it's one of the top if not the top phobia is presenting in front of other people. Um, But I'm sure you would agree, Katie, that presenting and maybe even like persuading others is part of almost everyone's job description here. Um, So that's where you come in as our resident expert. So I'd love to start with what's your history with marketing and communications um, and, and how did your title of presentation expert come about? Yeah. So just to give everyone a little bit of background about me, um, I graduated with my degree in marketing, uh, specializing in marketing and communications with a minor in fashion retail studies. And it was during my time in college and group assignments and internships that I really realized that I love the visual component of marketing, whether it's being uh, creating flyers or marketing collateral presentations. It was at this time that I realized I love to be creative and put that in a more visual, visual aspect of things. So moving on to my professional life, I joined the Ohio team as the sales and marketing expediter, where I would create a sample or customer presentations, very high level. Uh, my skills weren't quite as developed as they are now, but that's when I really put my toes in the water. It wasn't until I met with a company or we hired a company called N62, And for those listening who don't know what N62 is, they are a consulting firm that we often bring in for must-win projects. And they help um, our sales teams sculpt the message that they're trying to present. They add the visual components to the presentations, and then they help the sales teams or they train the sales teams on how to effectively deliver those presentations. Hmm. So when I sat with them, I was really blown away by what they do and how great they are at turning a message into a visual a visual story. So after meeting with them, I realized that there was a a need for this resource within our company. So ever since then, I've just been uh, kind of honing in on those skills and taking any educational uh, opportunities to to refine or develop the presentation skills that I have. 
And ever since then, I create all types of presentations. So whether it be for customers, investors, employee events, you name it, I probably created it. For the whole company? For the whole company. Yep. Yeah. So it's so interesting to me um, how you've taken initiative to really, like you said, hone these skills. And I say it's interesting because that's something we teach a lot in you know, leadership classes and just general education is take the initiative. Um, but it just shows that if you do that, you can become the resident expert at an organization delivering great uh, product for so many people. So can we, I want to try and take some of that knowledge that you have and just basic level help educate um, a lot of our employees so they can do something similar. So could we start at the beginning of the presentation process? What should you even know about the audience before you give the presentation? So that's a great question. Knowing the audience, I would say, is the, the number one most important thing you can do before giving okay. any type of presentation. And there's really two components to that. The first thing that you want to know is who your audience is. What, why are they coming to attend your presentation? What are they looking to get out of it? What are their objectives? What are they hoping to leave that presentation knowing? Once you know those specific items, you can help sculpt your story or your message to help meet their expectations. The second component to knowing your audience is you really wanna know their expert level on the topic you are giving. So for example, if you're creating a investor presentation, and I commonly use the acronym MEP, because in my mind, construction people know MEP means mechanical electrical plumbing. Mm -hmm. But if I'm creating a presentation for investors, they will have no idea what MEP means, DB, any of those construction That's acronyms that we, that we might be more familiar with. And if you do a presentation and you're either giving them too much information at a high level or you're just telling them stuff they already know, the, the message will get lost. They'll be focusing on why they're attending or they'll be trying to catch up. So just knowing wow. who your audience is will really help craft the message that you're trying to get across. How, how would you suggest getting to know what your audience knows or doesn't know or what they need to know? I think that might be a barrier. Yeah. So for me, what I've done is I've talked to the different sales teams who know the audience a little bit better than, than I might. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also go out and look at LinkedIn and see if they have any expertise level um, or any different, if they're a part of any different type of organization. But I really rely on those who are interacting with the audience most to kind of give me those types of details, just so that I can find the perfect mix of Okay, giving them enough information that they know, but also still providing additional insights as well. Wow. Okay, that makes so much sense. So it comes back to, again, relationships. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be shocked by this, but it's just everything comes back to building relationships. Um, okay, so this makes sense as step one, know your audience. Um, and then I think people, we just we just jump to the slide deck because we're like, slides, we have to have them. Um and it is important. It is an important part of a lot of presentations, but I think it's a really intimidating part. Um, and you design a lot of our company slides. So what is what does someone need to think about before they design the first slide if they're going to tackle that themselves? So for me personally, if you jump from trying to know get to know the audience straight into the presentation, you're going to fumble a bit. At yeah. least I have in my past experience. So I would recommend that people take a step back and fully understand what the message is that they're trying to get across. 
for me personally, I create a storyboard. Um, and a storyboard is a, a top to bottom approach of how you're going to give your presentation. So that includes how you're going to open with an introduction, what the objectives are you're going to um, present in the presentation, the support, supporting information, and then your closing information. So I bullet point out every single detail wow. that I want to be included within the message. And what I found is this really helps you have the storyboard there. Then once you get to the slide, you start pulling those main concepts and that's what goes on your presentation. Not all the, all the bullet points or the details that aren't, aren't as necessary. They're more just talking points. Mm -hmm. No, that's such a good point because I think death by PowerPoint, that phrase came from, in a lot of ways, um, just paragraphs on slides. Sure, we all have yeah. sat through a, a presentation where there are just a million bullet points and you just better get to reading because <laughs> there is just way exactly. too much text to even begin to understand what they're saying. <laughs> and then you're reading and you're not listening because you're trying to see what's on the screen or trying to understand what's on the screen. So then what should be on a slide once you've done your storyboard? Um, what should be on it and, and how do you talk to what's on there? Because clearly it shouldn't be a paragraph of text. Yeah. So once you have your storyboard, you will be able to identify the main concepts. Um, so once you have the main concepts, then you pull the high level words that can help you keep continue telling your message or your story. So what should be on a slide? Let's just say a couple keywords in more of a visual format, whether that's through um, maybe graphics or just a visual way to do the words. Mm -hmm. You put those on the slides and then you use them as talking points. So you're never reading directly from the slides, but more or okay. less you're using that as a cue to go on to your next point. And that will help you start the presentation successfully and end it successfully as well. Okay. All right. That's good to know. And I think that's even useful. I mean, for someone like me that creates slides for education purposes, um, but also, I mean, sales, obviously, uh, project teams. I mean, I think we have a tendency to slap a whole Excel spreadsheet on a slide. What do you think about that? Like, how would you, how would you handle an Excel sheet on a slide? So if you have any type of spreadsheet, I think adding the spreadsheet in the background is no problem. Um, okay. You can put that more as a backdrop, but what you want to do is highlight your main talking points or what you're trying to get across by showing that spreadsheet mm -hmm. and put it in a few short and sweet words so it really pops off the screen. That way people aren't trying to stare down, read the small text that's there, but more or less they're taking the high-level bullet points and they're moving on. Right. See, the big thing to slides is less is more. If it's too cluttered, it will distract people from your message and you want the audience to focus on the message that you're saying compared to what's actually on the screen behind you. Okay, all right, yeah, so you're the focal point, not the slides themselves. That's, that's a big evolution, um, I think just in the world of presenting in PowerPoint, because it used, like we said, it used to be bullet points or paragraphs of black text on brown slides. I don't even know. They're, they're, <laughs> they were ugly. Um, if you Google this, you can see like old school PowerPoints. Um, but anyway, they didn't have many visuals or there was too much clip art on there or too many fancy transition transitions. But now there's a lot of tools at our disposal. Um, and like you said, a trend to practice the mantra, less is more. So 
what is your take on how we can be sure that the slides that we're creating are as impactful as we want them to be? Is there a secret sauce or formula? So I think the, the main thing is that you want the presentation to keep your story flowing. So if you're matching up your message with the cues on the screen, if they are, if you're making a huge point to someone and you really want this to be a main takeaway and you click the screen and the animation pops up and it just really engages the audience, that's yeah. going to be impactful for them. So if you have a huge moment, don't clutter it with a lot of supporting text. Just put it out there and talk to it. And then that will be impactful for them. And they'll be able to take that information away. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, like you said, less is more. <laughs> that's, that's kind of perfect. When we're trying to be impactful, we don't want to overload people's brains. We want to just give them the major item. So, and it also comes back to what you said by starting with um, knowing your audience and then a storyboard. I had, I honestly, I've done storyboards, but I haven't done them as a rule. And I think at least for me, I'm going to start doing those just because it helps. Um, it really helps outline beginning to end. Yep, absolutely. And I think that's where you have all the supporting details that of course you'll yeah. talk to. But then once you build it out in that format, then you'll be able to understand, okay, th this is the number one concept that we need to get across in this message. And you okay. kind of craft the entire presentation or visual around that. Okay. All right. That's, that's great feedback. Um, and it's actionable, practical for us as we're listening. So I want to take a quick break, though, from reviving PowerPoint for a second, because I want people to get to know you a little bit better, too. So we're going to move into another segment of our show. Um, this segment is all about inspiration. So I'm going to give you two legitimate inspirational quotes that I found on the Internet. All right. And you have to pick the one that resonates the most with you and tell us why. Okay. Perfect. Okay, let's get inspirational. The first inspirational quote is, never let anyone treat you like a yellow starburst. You are a pink starburst. Love okay. it. That's the first one. Love it. <laughs> this, this quote stands in opposition to, and you have to pick which one you resonate with. The second quote, whatever you do, give 100% unless you're donating blood. Okay. <laughs> Two inspirational oh, quotes. Yeah. Which one do you choose? So I think the one that resonates the most with me is the second one. Okay. Um, I was raised that you always give 110% at anything that you do. That's been my mantra, you know, throughout growing up and throughout my personal life um, and sort of within this industry too. Uh, I didn't know anything about construction. That wasn't my background coming into the company. So just really diving in and, and learning what we do and how we do it well and really refining those skills, um, giving it my best and just figuring it out as we go, I think. I think that's a, a good mantra. So I'm going to be using that quote moving forward. That's so funny. Give 100% unless you're donating blood. Really? I was Absolutely. Hoping, I was hoping you would choose the yellow and pink one because I have no idea what that inspirational quote means. 
you know, I was sitting here thinking how I could, you know, relate that back to my life. And then, I, yeah, I, I was kind of blanking there as well. I love yellow I, Starburst. I yellow, love pink Starburst. I'm not really yeah, sure, sure what they're trying to get across. <laughs> I think I need, to, I need to have a yellow and a pink one side by side and see if their taste is really that different. Um, I don't know. Maybe one of our listeners can can comment in once this episode's released about their their love for yellow or pink Starburst. Um <laughs> Anyway, I, I agree with you. I think that 100%, 110%, unless you're donating blood, um, I think that's a great inspirational thing. And I love how you tied it back to coming into this industry because we have that in common. We, we weren't necessarily raised in the industry or have education in it, but we learned on the job. Um, I, wonder, I wonder how you could sneak sneak in that 100% unless you're donating blood into the next company presentation. Now all of oh, our lists, we'll be, be on the lookout. Joke. Yes, absolutely. You'll never know when it will pop up, but you'll notice it and then you'll remember this podcast. That's, okay, that's a perfect. good idea. I love it. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's keep the inspiration going. Um, let's go back to presentations because there's a couple more questions that are just burning in my mind. Um, once we get to the actual presentation itself, so we've done the um, learning about our audience, setting up the storyboard, um, working on the slides, whether it's on our own or with you, now you're presenting. What are the common pitfalls that people who present succumb to? So a couple ones that I have noticed just by sitting in the various presentations that I have um, the top ones are people will read directly from the slide, just word for word what's on the slide, and that will be their entire presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, the body language as well, they'll be facing the presentation. They won't be engaging the audience or even making eye contact with the audience members. Um, and then the third thing that I notice and I often, you know, succumb to is talking too fast. Um, just wanting, getting, letting the nerves get the best of you and you just want to get out all the information as fast as you can so you can get it over with. Yeah. Um, those are just a couple that I've noticed. Yeah. I've um, seen but too. presentation, yeah, there's a lot of uh, anxiety around giving presentations and, and I personally have felt that too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but how can people overcome that anxiety? Because I think you're right. That's one of the biggest issues that we see. So, so for me, if I see someone presenting, reading off the text off the slide, or they are facing the presentations and not making eye contact, that means to me, or that shows me that they might not be as confident or know their material. So the thing that I recommend if anyone is giving a presentation is to practice. And then you want to practice a little bit more and then a little bit more. What I have found that works for me is I like to practice by my own. By myself, getting used to the animations, the clicks, the visual component to the to the presentation, and then I'll ask a coworker to be my audience member so I can present live to them, so I can get comfortable with presenting actually to someone. Mm -hmm. And then about an hour or so before I'm actually going to give the live presentation, I go into a nice little um, office room and I shut the door and I just go through the message from top to bottom. I don't have any type of presentation or visual cues or notes. I just go through really understanding my story or my message that I'm trying to get across. And with that being said, you don't want to practice too much so you sound like a robot. I have okay. sat in presentations where people just sound so rehearsed. There's no 
there's no type of, of fun or personality there. It's just very straight to the point. And yeah. I think there's a fine line where you can practice, but then, so you know your material, but also still engage the audience so they feel like they are um, really intertwined with the presenta presentation and engaging with you as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and I am relating it back to what I'm doing because I'm trying to learn from this too. And I think, um, now go with me here, but I think in, in an educational environment, um, now we can learn from everything, I know, but in an educational environment, one of my go-tos is if, if I'm struggling to figure out what's next, I have them discuss at their tables. You can't really do that. <laughs> um, and by the way, people. That's not always the case. That's just sometimes the case. Um, you can't really do that in like a sales pitch or a project proposal. So if you start stumbling, what's the next step? So I personally would just take a step back. Mm -hmm. I would take a deep breath and just remember that you know the message that you're trying to get across. No one knows the information better than you. So just take a deep breath. Think in, your, think in your mind that people get um, nervous about giving presentations all the time. You will overcome it and have confidence in your presentation abilities. Believing in yourself and just taking yeah. a deep breath will really, really go a long way if you find yourself um, stuttering or just getting lost in, in the message that you're trying to get across. Okay. Okay. So you wouldn't abide by the imagine everyone in their underwear rule? So I've never done that. I think that might be a little bit more distracting than helpful, but exactly. I would love for someone listening to this to just chime in and let us know if that's worked for them. Yeah. Um, Katie, now I know I do a lot of presentations and I create them and I present them, um, but don't get me wrong. I still get very nervous and anxious before giving presentations. Yeah. I think that's a very natural, so a natural too. thing. Like you said, it's like one of the most um, items that people get anxious about. But for me, it's understanding that this happens to everyone, even professional presenters, like on TED Talk, probably still get nervous about what they're yeah. about to go up and Good present. Point. So that kind of humbles me and gives me enough confidence and, and knowing my message to go up there. And the only thing left to do is just go out and, and rock it and, and see how it goes. Yeah. And then learn, like you said, learn from your, yep. from how it went. Um, I think that's something yep. that we really could do better at as just human beings in general, but especially at our organization is learning from what happened. So having those lessons learned yeah. meetings. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, great. I mean, this is all very helpful content because like I said at the beginning, there's some aspect to all of our jobs, even if for the most part we're in front of a computer um, where we are persuading other people or influencing them in some way or actually presenting so I think this is universally applicable for a lot of us. Um, and I wanted to just kind of start to close us out by asking if you could just share your process when you help sales and ops teams prepare for a presentation. I know you gave us those steps, but I'd, I'd love the insight into like a week in the life of Katie Massey, um, just so that way people could know that they can come to you for any of these kinds of um presentations that they're they're trying to do and so I think it'd be helpful if you could share that yeah of course so if someone comes to me and they have a need for a presentation the first thing I like to do is jump on a call with all those who will be 
presenting the information. What I find is during these discovery meetings, you hear a lot more details that people probably wouldn't think to include in a bullet point list. And these details actually go a long way in helping me craft the overall story. Mm. So once I meet with them and I have a better idea of who the audience is, what the main objectives are, and the key supporting details that they want within the presentation, then I go off in my own little world and I do the storyboard that we talked about. I pull out the high level concepts and start putting those on slides. And then the real magic happens and I get to be, um, be creative and create the different design effects or the animations to really help sell that message. Yeah. Um, then I'll send it back for the team to review. And sometimes there's edits and modifications. Um, and then they go off and, and present it and hopefully win the big project or win over a few investors, whatever it might be. Um, but one component that isn't asked of me so often that I want to make sure everyone is aware of that I can, that I'm fully here to help support is if you do uh, find yourself getting nervous before giving a presentation, or you just want someone to be on the other end hearing you present it for the first time, please let me know. I have a lot of experience hearing people present, and I would love to offer you some feedback or let you know, okay, this point didn't really come across how I think you wanted it to. Here are some ideas to better display that information. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether it's creating the presentation or hearing you present or just giving some feedback, uh, just let me know, and I'm more than happy to to help out anyone who has any type of presentation needs. Yeah, yeah. So this is a public service announcement, <laughs> as much as it is a, a podcast. I also, Katie, I would just like to shine some light for everyone on the good work that you do, because if you ask any company leader um, who is one of the best presenters, not just present- presentation creators, but presenters, they will say you. Like, I've literally asked people, Um, at the top and they say you and I think a big part of that is because you know the process so well yeah well thank you thank you for saying that Katie I had no idea anyone thought that I just know I present to a lot of people so a lot of people have heard (laughs) me ramble and go on but I appreciate that and if anyone wants to kind of hone in on their skills or refine their presentation skills yeah just let me know yeah, coaching. This is a coaching opportunity and definitely please absolutely um, take her up on that. So this has been excellent content today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I do have one last question for you. And of course, it's super relevant, I say, with a lot of sarcasm. <laughs> so here is our final curveball question. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. If you could only read one book, or watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? The, the book that resonated the most with me, I'm a big book reader. I okay. love movies, but I love to just read, is called The 5 A.M. Club. I can't say who it's written by, but I've read it a million times. 5 A.M. Club. It's, yeah, so it's just an inspiring book about waking up early, starting your day off right, and just that way setting habits so you, it's just a routine. So for me personally, I like to wake up at 5 a.m., start the day. And that way, by the time I get to work, I am energized. I'm ready. You're ready to go. it's kind of just been something that I built my entire lifestyle around. So that was the most life-changing or monumental book for me. So if you haven't read it, go get it now. I don't know how we'll share who wrote it, but we'll get it out there to people. Okay. Yeah, we will. will. I'll put it in the description. Um, That is amazing. I'm definitely going to read it because I love getting up in the morning and getting going. So thank you for sharing that. And that rounds us out with not only learning more about you, 
but also learning how we can leverage our presentation skills, which was the topic of today's podcast. So thank you again, Katie. This time has really been invaluable. Thank you so much, Katie. It was great talking with you. Well, you heard it from the mouth of an expert with a lovely name, I might add. I'm not biased or anything. You can reach out to Katie Massey for help with any marketing need you have, presentation coaching included. Just make sure you're sending that request to Katie Massey and not Katie Mystery. Um, And really, there's only one last thing to say. Viva la PowerPoint. We'll catch you next time on Limbach Unlocked.